morning, everyone. When we started this morning, I was like, is anybody coming to church today? Okay, Lord, I will preach to the five that are here. But it's amazing to see, like when we finish worship, you're like, oh, look at that. We don't even have enough spaces for everybody. And I love that. I love a church that is growing. So as Pastor C said, my name is Taffy, and I'm very excited to be speaking with you today. And today I'm going to talk to you about spiritual rest. Um, this might be something new for some people. For others, it might be something like, yeah, I know the word rest, but how does spiritual and rest come together? Don't worry. That is the journey we're going to be going on to. But, you know, when we talk about rest, what do we think about? We think about being tired. We think about, I need a holiday. Yeah, some people are like, I need a holiday, like, all the year, all the way through the year. Give me a holiday all the time. I think you might get tired of it. Some people are like, no, I wouldn't get tired of holiday. But I think you would. But when we think about rest, we think about tiredness. We think about physical rest. But so many times, we don't actually think about spiritual rest. So I was, when I was preparing, I was thinking about physical rest, and I had this picture in my mind. So um, I, very good friends of ours, their baby came home two days ago, and it has been an amazing journey of seeing God's hand. And you know, even as Pastor Steve said, this baby is a miracle, and his name is Mukundi, and Mukundi means overcomer, and boy, did this baby overcome. And you know, I might just get a bit emotional just talking about it, but it's been a journey, and he finally came home, and I saw the parents the night after he'd come home. And for people who've had children, you're like, yep, we know what that feels. Lack of sleep. Are we coming? Are we going? You're just delirious. And and they were just going, but they were like, you can see the delirium is coming. So I saw them in the afternoon. Then I went with my parents in the evening, and I'm like, yeah, you're, you just need to sleep now. <laughs> and so, so they need physical rest, right? Another example is, I feel like I've just had babies happening in my life. My brother, most of you know, Mark, he's had a baby and his wife, and oh, she is just gorgeous. But she's at five months now, and she's at the stage where she's like, I'm independent. I don't need you to cuddle me. And I'm like, come, let me cuddle you. And she's like, no. But I remember <laughs> my brother loves sleep. So if any of you know Mark Tamba, he is energy, he is everything. But when it comes to sleep, do not mess around with the sleep. He loves sleep. So here we are. We have a new dad. You know, as he's my youngest brother, you know, I'm not thinking about him being a new dad. I'm just thinking, oh, my little brother. But here he comes. He's a dad. And Mark is just excitable. He, like, everything excites him. Like, when he became a Christian, I was like, man, I need to evangelize more. You know, we're, we're, in, T- we're in Tesco, and, you know, we're getting our food, and he's just like, hey, how are you to the guy, to the girl who's checking? Do you know Jesus? Do you go to church? And I'm like, oh, Mark, we just need to get our groceries and just go. But in, in my heart, I checked, and I was like, this is what I should be doing every day. And I was like, okay, I'm embracing it, you know. But anyway, Mark is excitable. So the baby comes home. Janara Regina's home. He is like, new baby, energy, <laughs> math. His wife is like, I'm just, I'm just getting through every day. I'm excited, but Mark, your energy levels, I can't. Nobody can reach Mark's energy levels. Watch. Two days later, I think it was like three days later, he's still excited he has a newborn, but boy, is he having lack of sleep. And his face was like, he just was like, I'm excited, but <laughs> he, 
like he was just glazed and I was like Mark are you there hello hello and then so me and my mom had gone and we're like you can go to bed it's okay you can go to sleep this is the moment to sleep when baby is sleeping you sleep stop trying to host us go to bed and when he finally went to bed and he slept for three hours three hours you would think he slept for three days he got up and it was back to energy levels of Mark Tamba so I'm sharing that story because you know what sometimes we need physical rest and we need to rest. And Mark Tamba needed physical rest for him to be in his optimum. But today I want to talk to you about spiritual rest. Spiritual rest takes care of all the other rests. You may need physical rest. You may need emotional rest. You may need, you know, mental rest. And there is a lot happening in our world today. You know, you just leave this church. It's either the news is telling you things are going to change. Are you prepared? Are you ready? The energy bills are coming up. Are you ready? Do you have enough? What's happening with everything is bombarding you left, right, and center. And you're just like, can I just catch a break? Can I just catch a break? But you know what? As believers, we can have spiritual rest. And when we have spiritual rest, it takes care of the mental rest. It takes care of the emotional rest. It takes care of the spirit, of the physical rest. Because you know what? When you have spiritual rest, you come to that resting place of intimacy with God. He shows you how to rest. Some of you may be like, I know how to rest. But some of you, you rest, but you're even more tired than before you started resting. How many of us can testify? Yeah, you're like, I need rest. Then you sleep, you sleep, you sleep. I'm just so tired. It's not happening. But you know, when you have spiritual rest, you get the wisdom to know what kind of rest you need. And what you need to fuel you, to rejuvenate you. And that is what spiritual rest does. So get me right. We get spiritual rest. But spiritual rest gives us wisdom to know how to do physical rest, to do mental rest, to do emotional rest. Yeah? We're good? Everybody's tracking? All right. We're going to go to the Bibles and we're going to turn to Psalm 23. So a lot of you may be very familiar with this passage. And you're like, Psalm 23, rest? I don't know. It's all about the valleys and how tough life is and how am I going to get through it? And, you know, here is God just leading me through these toughness. But actually, it's a passage showing you what it means to have spiritual rest, what it means to rest in the Lord. And we're going to focus on the first um, four verses. Right. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Already, it's telling you to take a position of rest. The Lord is our shepherd. What does a shepherd do? He takes care of the flock. He leads the flock. So if somebody is leading you and taking care of you, what do you do? You know, when I'm at home with my mom and my dad, I I, I thought I wasn't going to use them as examples, but, you know, sometimes they're part of my life. I can't help it. But when I'm at home, I'm at rest. I'm at rest because I'm in my parents' home. I am with my mom and with my dad, and I am at rest. When I'm in Papua New Guinea, yes, I'm at rest, but, you know, I'm kind of like, does everybody have everything to eat? Does everybody, you know, oh, the water has gone off. Okay, how are we going to deal with that? Oh, we don't have electricity right now. Okay, where are we going to? But when I'm at home, I'm with my parents, I'm at rest. This is what verse 1 is talking about. It's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And then he goes on and invites us again into that place of rest. It says, he lets me rest in green meadows. 
Has anyone been in Green Meadows? I know it's a bit hard right now because hmm, we really haven't had much rain. <laughs> Where can we find Green Meadows at this present moment? But, you know, when England is at its peak, you know, when it's raining, we do have Green Meadows. And when you go into the park and you lay on green grass on a cool summer's day, what does your body do? It relaxes. It rests. Guys, when you're reading your word, Listen to the words that are being spoken because it is telling you how to position yourself to rest. So it says, he lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. For some people, peaceful streams might not be peaceful, but I think it'll be hard to find somebody. If, if you don't find streams peaceful, please come talk to me. I'd love to hear how it's not peaceful for you. But, you know, without the rush, rush and the bustle of life, when you're by peaceful streams, again, what do you do? You rest. You're put into that position of rest. And then it goes on and it says, He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And then we go into the hard part. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with me. He will guide me. But we want to sit on verse 2 and verse 3, and it says, We rest in him. And he restores us. He renews our strength. That is what spiritual rest does to you. He renews your strength. He brings life into you. When you were tired and you didn't know how to get on, when you're looking at situations in your life right now and you're going, I need a breakthrough. I need healing. God, I need you to come through. When we rest in him, not try and figure out how we're going to sort the situation out, but when we rest in him, he restores us. He rejuvenates us. And then we carry on. Back to my brother, when he was exhausted and tired and had sleep, was sleep deprived, there was nothing that was going on that was functioning well. Nothing. Not even the words that were coming out of his mouth. I was like, okay, please just go to bed. We, we will accept the you know, bouncy Mark Tamba back with us. When we are rejuvenated, we have clear of mind. We know how to go through the struggles that are before us. But when we are not of clear of mind, it is hard. So let the Lord strengthen you in this time. So in these verses, it's going first verses, we're declaring who God is. The second part, we're resting in him while he renews our strength. And then we face the challenges that we have to offer. So I was, I was going to share a bit of a story when um, in 2018, I had been two years um, with Youth with a Mission and missions. And, and you, you don't think that missionaries get tired. Yes, we do. But, you know, it's like you're doing the, work, the, the Lord's work, you know. You shouldn't get tired. You should just keep going. And <laughs> Pastor Steve can testify. I'm one of those people. I do 110%. And there was a season in the time, and I remember sitting in their house when I was still serving here at Family Church. And before I even got the call to missions, and I was serving wholeheartedly, and Pastor Steve and Kirsty sat me down, and they're like, we're going to go into a season of you saying no, Taffy. And I was like, I don't know what that vocabulary is in my life. I just say, yeah. they're like, you say yes to everything, but we need you to say no to some things. It was hard. And for some of you, you might be hearing that and going, it's hard to say no. And also to say no while you're serving in the house of the Lord. You feel like, you know, God is going to strike you dead if you say no to, you know, putting a chair out or something will happen to you. But actually, the Lord is wanting you to have rest even when you're serving him. So here I am, I'm two years in, 
I love what I do. I still love what I do. And I'm so thankful God stopped me in 2018 to rest because I don't think I would still be doing it. I would have hated it and be back here. Um, But in that moment, I had been doing schools back to back. And our schools are six months. They're not nine to five kind of schools. They are 24-7 kind of schools. If something happens with a student at 3 a.m., do you know what's happening? I'm getting that phone call and I'm getting out of bed. You know, if someone decides they're going to go and do something crazy, I am waking up and that's happening 24-7. But what a joy it is when you come to the end of those six months and you see the transformation of what God has done. But here's crazy Taffy doing one after the other. Six months. Then I finished one, and I start the next one, and I did that for two years. Nobody does that. Everybody was like, you're crazy. Nobody does that. But somewhere along the line, I got really tired. And in 2018, I found myself at a new campus, and everything was taken away. I wasn't leading any schools. I wasn't Taffy who does the 500 schools. I was just an average everyday staff. And then God started speaking to me about rest. And he told me that I was on the verge of burnout. And you might be thinking, how can you be on the verge of burnout when you're a Christian, let alone a missionary? You know, people put missionaries up there, and they're like, there is like Christians, and then there's missionaries. I'm like, no, we're just here with everybody else. Trust me. We're just doing something very different. But in that moment, I was like, God, but I'm doing this for you. Why am I exhausted? And God said, you haven't taken time to rest. You haven't been wise in the things you've said yes to. And some of us today, we need to be wise in the things we're saying yes to and be wise in the things we need to say no to. When it's time for you to rest, you need to be okay to rest. And some of us leaders need to give permission for others to rest. We're not very good at that. We're like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I was learning what it meant to be a leader who gives permission for the people that I'm working with to also have rest even in the way that I know how to have rest as well. So he took me through a season of rest. And in that, as I went through that, I learned that, yes, God had called me into missions, but somewhere along the line, I started dragging along Jesus with me. How many of you are dragging along Jesus with you and you're so exhausted? It says he leads me. He leads me. It doesn't say I'm dragging him along to rest. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to rest for five seconds and then we're done. No, it says he leads us to that place of rest. And that is what the Lord is wanting to do. He wants to lead us to a place of rest. All right, we're going to turn our Bibles and we're going to go to Ezekiel 47, verses 3 to 5. And I came across this um, chapter and I've been sitting on it for the past two weeks. And the reason why it really stood... I struggle with the prophets. Like, I can read the other, you know, books of the Bible, and I'm like, yes, I get it. I love Psalms because, you know what, David just talks to the heart, and he's so real, and I'm like, yes. When it comes to the prophet, I'm like, what is going on? I don't understand. What are all these pictures that are happening? So I'm going to take you through a journey that I went through that God gave me revelation in, in Ezekiel 47. And just to give you some background, Ezekiel is a prophet, and... I don't think I'd want to be that kind of prophet. He's a prophet (laughs) that brings doom and gloom, but also is telling the Israelites, come on, sort yourself out. This is how God wants to restore you. But basically, he's just telling them, guys, destruction is coming, and you need to sort yourselves out. But destruction is coming. And I'm like, 
I don't want to be that kind of teacher. Imagine if I sat, stood here and I'm like, guys, guys, destruction is coming. That's all I have to say. And I sit down. I don't think Pastor Steve will allow me to stand up here again. But that's not what's happening today, guys. It's all good. Anyway, so Ezekiel has this vision. And in this vision, he's with a man who's walking with him. And this vision is both talking to Ezekiel as an individual about intimacy with God and about spiritual rest and what it means to be consumed by him. But he's also talking about the nation Israel, saying this is the the relationship I desire with my people. All right, so go with me and I will help you unpack it because there's a lot of things that I'm like, a lot of words. Okay, so verse 3, it says, As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. Okay, we need to remember from this verse, we just need to remember ankle deep. The thousand cubits and stuff like that, is, it has to do with the water, but you just remember ankle deep, okay? So he took them ankle deep. And then verse 4 goes on and says, We measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. Okay, so we've gone from ankle to knee. He measured off another thousand And he led me through water that was up to my waist. Okay, so went from ankles to knees to waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. And he goes on to explain about the fruits of what that means to actually go deep and be immersed in that. But in this, I sat with it and God was like, I desire all of you, Taffy. Not just part of you, but all of you. Not in a way of control, but in a way of, I want you to live a life that is flourishing, that is prosperous. Because if you carry on in the verses, it goes, all the vegetation that was around this, this river flourished. It was green. It didn't die It just carried on flourishing because of the overflow. And it talks about how when we are immersed within the presence of God, when we are immersed in who God is, we flourish. Remember, we get rejuvenated when we let the Lord lead us through quiet waters. And this is exactly what is happening in the scripture. But where where do some of us find ourselves? We might not even find ourselves near the water. We're just watching the water and going, it's great water. Maybe in this way that you're like, man, I'm going to dive deep. But, you know, most times we're just like, that's great. Look at that water. It's great. But some of us are like, oh, you know, I'm going to just twinkle my toes in there, my ankles. That's, that's okay. Just a little bit of the Lord. Just a little bit of his goodness. I'm good. I'm not ready to, like, you know, commit the rest of me. And then some of us, you know, the adventurous ones, we're like, hey, look at me. My knees are in there. I'm, I'm as good as, you know. I'm half committed in. Some of us are by our waist and we're like, we're the real ones, right? We're the ones who are like, yes, come on. We are fully into what God has for us. But God is going, that is not enough. I need all of you. I need every single part of you. Note what's happening. You have your ankles. You have your knees. You have your waist. But when you fully immerse yourself, what's being immersed? Your head. What's happening in your head, mentally, your mind is going and it's going and it's going. And God is inviting you. He invited him. And you know what? God is gentle. He doesn't just shove us back into the deep end, you know. For people are going to get baptized, you know, that's going to happen. You're going to get, 
you know, right immersed right in there into the water. But you know what? The Lord is gentle. In verse, um, in verse 2, it says that he leads, he let us rest in agreement and he leads us. He leads us beside peaceful streams. He takes us on that journey. He leads us ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. Then we fully immerse ourselves. He is kind. He is gentle. Why do we act like he is harsh and he just shoves us in? He doesn't. So today I want to invite you and go, will you come on a spiritual rest with the Lord? Would you come and be fully immersed? When you look at those scriptures of Ezekiel 47, will you be fully immersed in him? Because when you're fully immersed in him, you will find true rest. You will know what it means to rest in the Lord. Um, I was, as I was just preparing, and some of the things that the Lord was talking to me about was that when we rest in him, we need to know what it means to find peace and to trust him. Because it's all good to talk about rest, but if you don't trust somebody, you're not going to be restful. If you go, okay, I'm going to use the house as an example. If you go into a house of someone you don't trust, are you rested? You're not. You're like on edge. Like as a social worker, you know, some houses I would go into, I'd be like, any minute something's going to happen and I need to know where the exit is and run out of this place because my life is in danger. I wasn't at rest when I'd be in that moment. But the Lord, when he invites us into a place of intimacy, that's what I'm saying, resting in him spiritually means to be invited into a place of intimacy. And when you come into that place, you need to trust. We sing about this God, but do you trust the God that you sing about? Because there is everything that is good about him. And that is what he's inviting us into. He's going, I'm good. What more can I do to explain to you that I'm good? We're going to go to Matthew 6, verse 28. And this is another explanation of the goodness of God. Um, And it says that in verse 28, it says that, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Again, we come back to Psalm 23 verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord, he guides me. He leads me. I have all that I need. And again, here it is, it says, our heavenly father already knows all our needs. Right now you're sitting with bills. Right now you're looking at the amount of money that comes into your bank account, equivalent to the bills that are sitting on your table. And you're going, Lord, how is there going to be a way? But here we have two promises. Psalm 23 verse 1, it says, when he leads us, we have all that we need. And then Psalm, um, Matthew 6 verse 32 says that our heavenly father already knows all our needs. And there are more verses 
that talk about God being there by our sides. But do we take time to just stand and go, Lord, your word says this. I choose to position myself and trust what the word says. And you know what? Some of us need to declare it. We need to walk around our houses and declare that, you know what? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that. You know, he, he has given me all that I need. My father is with me all the time and he knows all my needs. God, this is who you are. It says in his word, he will never return it void, which means when you speak his word to him, he is obligated, obligated. It doesn't mean he has a choice or maybe today when he's having a good day, he might think about responding to you. He is obligated to return his word towards you. He is obligated to do what he has said. That is the God that we serve today. So, church, again, are we finding ourselves in that place of spiritual rest? Are we finding ourselves that our mind is going at a miles, 100 miles an hour, trying to sort out what needs to be sorted out instead of choosing to rest in him? And from that place of rest in him, we will know how to move forward. So we can't talk about rest without talking about trust. And we talked about trusting in who God is and the peace. We have trust in him to rest in him. We find peace in him to rest in him. Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6 goes on and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It doesn't say trust in the Lord with parts of your heart, with just your ankles, you know, with just your, your knees, with just your waist. It says trust the Lord with all your heart, with every single part of who you are, and do not depend on your own understanding. Right now, the world is telling us to depend on our own understanding. The world is telling us how to govern our finances, how to move on from day to day, how to be filled with fear and not peace. But the Lord is saying, when you trust me with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Again, here's another promise from the Lord. I will show you which path to take. So when we spiritually rest in him, he shows us how to walk that out. He shows us which path to take. He shows us which energy company that you need to go with. You know, he shows us where you're going to get the best bargains. It happens. It really does happen. You think that God is not concerned about the detail of your life? He is so concerned about the detail. He knows right now, if you walk into Asda, there's going to be a sale on this and this and this. Right now, they are giving away this. God is so willing to meet you in the detail of it. I have seen it happen time and time again. You know, one of our leaders... Um, story of our lives, visas, passports, the story of a missionary's life. And he literally had, he had to leave the country in, um, it was a Wednesday, he had to get all his papers sorted out on the Thursday, and he had to leave that evening. And we were praying and we were trusting. And this meant him having a new passport being, um, you know, printed out, and then to get the visa put in, and then to be on that flight, which wasn't, was non-refundable, so he needed to be on that flight because it cost a lot to make his way to Papua New Guinea. In the 11th hour, he said, Taffy, that day I met a man who was filled with so much peace, 
who was so accommodating, which is very hard to find sometimes in immigration offices. It's more frustrating than anything else. And anyone who's been there, you can testify. But he said, I found a man who was filled with peace and who walked me through the journey every single step of the way. Some of you may look at that and be like, it was fate. It was a good day. It just happened. No. When you know the God that you serve, when you cry unto him and you tell him your needs and he comes and he meets you in a miraculous way that is beyond explanation or human explanation, you know that it can be only God. And here he was in Singapore sharing and testifying of what God had done. And he said, it is only by his grace. He said, it is only by his grace that I find myself here and on my way to Papua New Guinea. And I say, that is true. It is only by grace. And this is what the scriptures are telling us. In Psalm 73, verse 17, it goes on and it says, Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Till we are found in the sanctuary of God, till we are found in him. Sanctuary is not just a building. It's actually a place where you and God come together and are intimate and you wait on him. And in that time of waiting on him, it says, there I found my destiny. You know, another um, translation, the Passion Translation says, but then, the same verse, it says, but then one day I was brought into the sanctuaries of God, and in the light of glory, my distorted perspective vanished. My distorted perspective vanished. When you are found in the sanctuary of God, when you are found resting spiritually in who God is, your distorted perspective of life, it vanishes. And you look at it through the eyes of God. You look at it through the eyes of the one who wants to deliver you, the one who wants to help you, the one who wants you to be victorious right here on this earth. His word says in the Lord's Prayer, let it be done. On earth as it is in heaven. What is happening in heaven, the Lord desires to manifest, to let it happen right here on earth. So when we read those verses and it says, my distorted perspective vanished because I was found in the sanctuaries of sanctuaries. That is the God that we serve. He does that. And my heart's desire is that as we leave this place, that is your perspective. In Philippians 4, this is our last verse as we are wrapping up. In Philippians 4, verse 8, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Remember, you're distorting your perspective. The distorted perspective is vanishing when we focus on those things. What is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And if you don't know where to begin, open your Bible. Even if it means you just start with that verse. And you know what the funny thing is that before those verses, before he's asking us to walk in that way, in verse 6, it goes, don't worry about anything. Other, other translations go, don't be anxious about anything. How many people are anxious today about what tomorrow has to bring? But here the word of God is going, do not be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray. What are we doing? We're talking to the Lord. 
We're coming into his sanctuary. We're being intimate with him. And we're talking to him about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Begin to praise him for what he has done before you've even seen it. It doesn't say pray, see everything that he has done when your prayer has been answered. Then go and praise him you know, and thank him for what he has done. It says you pray. Then you take a position of a thankful heart and you go, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for my healing. Thank you, Jesus, that my children are going to come and know you. Thank you, Jesus, that my husband is going to know you in a deeper way than he has ever known. Thank you, Jesus, that we will have a family that will know you, that will praise you, that will glorify your name every step of the way. Thank you, Jesus, that the work situation that I have, Lord, you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Thank you, Jesus, that the bills that I face today, you know where this money is going to come from. And I'm believing that you're a provider. And that is the God that we serve. And then in verse 7, it says, then we will experience God's peace. Here again is God's peace, which exceeds anything that, that we can understand. So it goes beyond anything that we can understand. That's the peace of God. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as you live in Jesus Christ. Again, where are we being found? We are found in him. So as I leave you with these last three things, when we place God in the right place in our lives, we are secure in him and find our rest in him. Remember, Psalm 23 verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. We're placing him in the right place. The second thing, spiritual rest means to fully trust God and to be fully immersed in him. And lastly, no matter what season we find ourselves in, our position should be a place of rest in our Lord, shepherd and savior. That's just the God that we serve. So today, as you have heard this, I pray that you are encouraged not just to go home and feel good about this, but actually to go, Lord, I choose to rest in you. I choose to find what spiritual rest is in you so that my physical rest, my mental rest, my emotional rest is taken care of because of who you are. So could we just bow our heads? And some of you today might be like, it's really hard for me. It's really hard for me to know what that even means, Taffy. I have been battling with thoughts in my mind. I have been battling with things in my heart. You have no idea. I'm physically exhausted. But today I want to invite you. And I say, would you ask the God who is your shepherd? who is your Lord, who is your Savior, would you ask him to come into that certain situation in your life today? I'm going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are Lord, that you are Savior, that you are God. Lord, there is nothing new under the face of the earth that we are going through that you do not know and and wouldn't come and intervene. So Heavenly Father, today we invite you. We invite you into our situations. And we say, Lord, we want to know what it means to have spiritual rest. 
We want to know what it means to rest in you, to be consumed by you. Jesus, you are all that we have, and we want to be fully immersed in who you are. So, Lord, would you be with each and every person in this place today? Lord, if there are things that need to be broken, Lord, may they be broken in the name of Jesus. May there be freedom in this room today, Lord. Freedom in knowing who their God is. Freedom in knowing that you're a God that meets all their needs. Not just some, but all their needs. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. There is no other name but the name of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.